Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast. Core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. I'm Anand Swami Nathan. And I'm Jenny Beck Esme. So, Jenny, I don't know if you noticed this, but this is podcast number 50, 5 0. It says 50 at the very top. Yeah. That's a big number. <laughs> Um, that's like you know, almost I, a year. It's almost a year. So, I, you know, I don't want to uh, tout what we've done too much, but I, I just want to take a, a minute and just thank all of our listeners for actually continuing to listen to us when, you know, there's 500 other podcasts that you could be listening. I'm not encouraging you to go over and listen to another podcast. I'm just saying thank you for continuing to listen to what we're trying to do. And Jenny, thanks to you for, uh, you know, providing us with your perspective on it. Um, I, a solo podcast is no fun. It's way more fun having someone else to do this with. Oh, it is so much fun. I, I have learned so much by doing it because by, you know, creating the content, I actually get to become a little mini expert, at least for five minutes on whatever <laughs> it is we're talking about. I'm sure so. it's longer than five minutes, but it has been a ton of fun. And, you know, I usually we do this at the end, but if you guys have feedback for us, please send it over. And especially if you have topics that you want us to discuss, we're happy to tackle anything um, as long as it's idea. less than eight minutes long. We're happy to tackle <laughs> anything, but um, we would love to hear your guys' thoughts on it. But again, Thank you so much for supporting what we do, and um, we'll get into podcast number 50. So, Jenny, what is it that we're going to tackle for this podcast? So we are going to continue our recent toxicology theme, and I thought we could discuss orogastric lavage or gastric emptying. Now, this used to be used fairly commonplace uh, back in the day before I was in practice, certainly, and maybe even before you were, Swami, but I think it's pretty rarely done now. Absolutely. So I think I started after this was a routine procedure. I've probably performed only about, I don't know, maybe two orogastric lavages in the 11 years that I've been practicing. And I checked with Danny Lugasi, one of our tox experts, and uh, I mean, really a pro when it comes to all of these topics. And he said he's only been involved in about three cases where it was done. Now, despite the rarity, I think it's still a procedure we need to know about, especially when we should be applying it. So Jenny, break this down for us. What exactly do we mean when we say orogastric lavage? So it's pretty simple. Basically, you're going to be emptying out the contents of the stomach. This has been used for over 200 years in acute poisonings to empty any toxins that may still be in the stomach and haven't gotten into the bloodstream yet. And the last point really explains the purpose here. We're trying to get out any remaining pills or fragments of pills or ingested toxin before it gets into the intestines and before it gets absorbed. So before it has time to create more issues. For the procedure to work, then, you know, there's got to be toxin in the stomach in order for us to even think about doing this. Right. The current role of orogastric lavage is pretty controversial. Like we mentioned, this used to be done fairly routinely. Danny mentioned that it almost had a punitive connotation back in the day. If you had the gall to say you overdosed, we're going to stick a garden hose down your throat and find out if anything's left. Yeah, nowadays we're a little bit less punitive and a lot more judicious in the way we apply it. In our toxicologist's opinion, the procedure still plays an important role in patients with recent severe poisoning. If the patient has a potentially life-threatening ingestion and the ingestion occurred in the last hour, there may be an indication for orogastric lavage. So our faculty reviewed a number of situations where orogastric emptying is clearly not indicated. Among them are the ingested agent has limited toxicity in any dose, the ingested dose is unlikely to cause any significant toxicity. The patient has already had a lot of vomiting. There's a good antidote available, and the time from ingestion is greater than an hour. We'll include a complete list in the show notes. 
Some agents that should prompt strong consideration for lavage are MAOIs, large TCA overdoses, colchicine, and lithium. Some additional important absolute contraindications include if the patient took an alkaline agent and ingested that, a high aspiration potential for the agent, like if they drank a hydrocarbon, as these patients may already have esophageal injury, or if the patient had a recent upper GI surgery. All right, Jenny, let's talk about how to actually do the procedure. The first thing is that almost all patients who you're going to do this to should have their airway managed prior to placement of the tube. Perform endotracheal intubation and then pass the tube. Yeah, I'm amazed that this used to be done without protecting the airway because we're not talking about an NG tube that we're putting down. The orogastric lavage tube or the E-wall tube as we frequently call it is huge. It really is a garden hose. It's a 40 French in an adult patient. I can't imagine that the patient wouldn't start vomiting and potentially aspirate or that they'd even tolerate the placement. I guess this sort of harkens back to that punitive role of placing these in the past. Once you've secured the airway, place the patient in the left lateral decubitus, if the situation allows, left lateral decubitus position, which in theory reduces the chance that the ingested agent makes its way past the pylorus. Measure how long you need to pass the tube using the external landmarks and then insert and confirm as you would with any other orogastric tube. As a general rule, you will measure the most proximal hole in the tube at the xiphoid process up to the angle of the mandible. Now, in my limited experience, this thing won't fit through the nose, so oral placement is going to be preferred. <laughs> I can't imagine putting uh, it through. Someone's got to have a big nair to throw <laughs> this thing down. Once the tube is confirmed to be in the stomach by insufflation of air and auscultation or even chest x-ray, you want to suck out any contents you can. And then you're either going to put in activated charcoal, the toxin is readily absorbed by AC, or you can start instilling 250 ml aliquots of saline through the tube and then sucking them back out in the hopes of pulling more of those toxin or pill fragments out. Once the stuff you pull out is clear and free of toxins and pills, you're done. You can leave the tube in place and put more activated charcoal in at this point. So, Swami, what about complications of the tube placement? So even though you have the patient intubated, they can still aspirate. It's a possibility. Esophageal perforation has been described, but it's extremely rare. Again, unlikely, but these tubes can be placed into the bronchus, but you know, hopefully you put an ET tube in with a balloon that's going to stop that from happening. Finally, you can cause some electrolyte issues with the lavage part of this, so keep a close eye on the patient's electrolytes, and if they had a massive overdose, you're going to be keeping a close eye on those electrolytes anyway. Room temperature for the fluids, water, or saline in adults should be used so you don't cause any hypothermia. Normal saline for peds and very close, careful, small amounts for lavage. So don't throw a liter down into the stomach. They're probably going to puke that back up. Kids are more sensitive to fluid shifts, and it's possible for them to develop hyponatremia, so keep a close eye on that as well. All right, Jenny, give us some take-home points here. So first, gastric lavage can play an important role in treatment of the overdose patient. You won't use it if the patient has ingested something that has limited toxicity in any dose. The ingested dose is unlikely to cause any significant toxicity. The patient has already had a lot of vomiting, there's a good antidote available and the time from ingestion is greater than an hour because you just won't get enough out. Second, you should strongly consider gastric lavage if the patient has taken an overdose of MAOIs, colchicine, lithium, or large amounts of TCAs. And last, secure the airway prior to placing the lavage tube to minimize aspiration risk. Also, watch out for the electrolyte issues, particularly in children, as they can be super extra sensitive to fluid shifts. 
And finally, we're going to leave you with a direct quote from Bob Hoffman on the topic. We must appreciate that the failure to prove a benefit for any decontamination technique with the limited data set that has been assembled to date in no way indicates that a benefit does not exist. So this is not in the absence of evidence, it's evidence of absence. We should still be considering this in very selected cases. All right, that's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net. We've got a ton of great core content emergency medicine. We'll have a core post up this Wednesday and a journal update up on Thursday. Visit us on Facebook, visit on iTunes and leave a review, and follow us on Twitter where our handle is at core underscore EM. Thanks, and see you all next week.